change your body, change your life. Congratulations and welcome to the Haven Warrior Challenge. You cannot settle. You are a king. Fight, motherfucker. Congratulations and welcome to the Haven Brotherhood. You were not meant to settle for a mediocre life, brother. You were meant to stand tall, speak firmly, and move into the world confidently and assertively to create and live a life on your terms. This is for the men who are sick and tired of settling, for the men who want it all in money, muscle, mindset, and meaning. This is the End Settling Show with your host, Bismarck Montiel, founder and leader of Haven Gym, Haven Warrior Challenge, and the Haven Brotherhood. Let's get it fucking rolling. And today we are with Danny Quadrago, we are with Jessica Romero, and we are with Paola Committee from Westfield EMT Group. Now, uh, we had a little bit of difficult uh, technical difficulties in a couple of minutes ago, but fuck that, we're here now. So guys, if you guys can just go ahead and introduce yourselves to our audience, uh, starting off with Danny, then Jessica, and then Paola before we get into this. Yes, um, yes, I'll start. Um, hello, I'm Daniel. Um, yeah, so uh, Bismarck asked us to be on this uh, show to kind of talk about what's it like being a first responder during this pandemic. Um, I've been at Westfield for two years now. Um, I go to school at Rutgers. I'm a senior, ready to graduate um, on the PA track. And yeah. What's that thing about that? So I'm Jessica. I've also an EMT. I've been at Westfield for three years and then I also work at Colonial North Plainfield. So I've been working as a first responder during this pandemic. Dope, dope. Thank you. Hi, I'm Paola. I have been at the rescue squad for almost two years now. I am a public health major at Rutgers and I'm still deciding what I want to graduate um, with my master's. So we'll figure that out sooner or later. But yeah. Okay, for sure. And hopefully we figured out the, that for you, Paola, during this interview. Maybe not, but at the end of the day, guys, I do want to ask you first off is, did you guys start doing this together? Did you guys come to work together about a, a year in, two years in? Like, can you guys tell us a bit about the story of how you guys met and started working together? It's all stem from Jessica. So Jessica can explain the story. Well, no, <laughs> not really. Yeah, Danny actually took the class. I, took the class. I was the first one to take the class. I was the first one to get certified. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> no, she was like accusing you of something wrong. No, <laughs> the one who brought us into Westfield. But okay, continue. Okay, that was the one. I was the first one to get certified at Westfield. We we took the class there, um, and then for many reasons, I decided not to ride. As soon as I got my certification, I wanted to wait a little bit, focus on school a little bit. Um, so I took like. Between the time I got certified and between the time I got writing and the time I started writing, it was like a year. Yeah. Um, and then in that time, Jessica got certified and started writing right away when she got certified. Yeah. So Jessica started there first and then I joined a couple months after. I started, oh, okay. well, I don't remember when I took, I took my class the spring semester of freshman year. I was at Rutgers, I remember I was taking bio and I also took the EMT class like at the same time. So for anybody who doesn't like know how to get certified, you essentially have to take the class, whether you take it in the summer, it's like in the summer, it's like two months. If you take it during the semester, it's like three months and it's like a lot of hours. It's like 16 hours a week or something like that. So yeah. I had to like do it with school and with um, 
the classes and everything. So I ended up doing that. And then I got certified. I think it was like May or something. So I started mm. in the summer. So mm -hmm. I did start at Westfield. No specific reason. Obviously, like Elizabeth is paid EMS. So we couldn't do Elizabeth. So that's why I went to Westfield. Um, I also took my class there. So it was like more convenient. And then Daniel started right after, I think like a couple months after me, he started. And then Start of February. Kind of just, yeah, we got pale mm -hmm. in. <laughs> So. Yeah. Um, what was I yeah. Yeah. Unlike them, like they went into Westfield like already certified. I did it like the opposite way, where like I was writing first as like they called proby. So like you're kind of like learning the way of like the EMS works. You're with like the, the crew, like they teach you how it is, and then they get you into a class. So I did it that way instead of like getting certified first and then writing. Okay. Yeah. okay so cool. I mean, volunteer agencies like Whoopil did. If you volunteer with an agency, they'll actually pay for you to take a class. Like Daniel and I didn't do that because I didn't even know that was an option. So I think that's like also really important. Like for anyone who actually wants to be an EMT, you can volunteer to someone and they'll pay for you to take a class. Mm -hmm. I took the class right out of high school. So like the summer after high school, that's when I took the class with Elise. She's also an EMT. Um, and I started writing as an, at Westfield February of 2018. No, I yeah, think I think I remember when you first came to train over at uh, at Haven. Uh, were you in EMT already, or that wasn't yet? I first started at Haven December twenty seventeen, so I was like in the beginning process of you were like just starting it and so on and so forth. Okay, and then from what it sounds like, guys, I mean, you guys come from like different tracks and different reasons for signing up, but especially since we are dealing with the topic of uh, of not settling, so on and so forth. I mean, I want to ask you guys individually, like why did you get into it? Was it just spontaneously? Was it because you want to help people? Was it because what exactly was that reason for each and every one of you guys? Um, for me, I, uh, All right, go Danny, go. Um, I mean, I've always really been interested in the medical field and I think for a lot of people, EMT is a really good stepping stone into that world because you're kind of, you're your first responder, so you're the first person a patient sees. And I think that means a lot because they could be having the worst day of their lives. And your presence and your confidence and the way that you treat them is going to set the tone for their recovery or for whatever they're dealing with. Um, and then I also really like working with my hands and I like interacting with people and talking to people. So I think that was a really good fit for me. Um, and yeah, it's just made me more empathetic towards individuals and what they're going through although i mean one thing that i recently saw um is i've been watching the show at uh, station 19 i don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with that show but, yeah the Grey's anatomy spinoff um and you're right i mean you guys are the first people that people like meet when there is an emergency typically and you're kind of like that transition between you know the accident or the tragedy and you know ending up in the hospital and being treated so um when you put it that way i mean this very it's I feel like it's something that it's not as for some fucking reason series coming up now, but I don't think is it something that is spoken about as much as say, you know, doctors in the hospital and that kind of part of the medical field. Right. But Jessica, were you going to go ahead and chime in? Um, I was just going to say, like Daniel said, a lot of the reason why people do get into ENT is because it is like a way or an introduction, I can say, into like the medical field so i mean i also want to go into the medical field and that's why i wanted to do ems um we also like 
as like people who want to do it, we know that it's very competitive. So everything is really, how can you make your way, yourself stand out? So doing EMS is kind of like a way to do that. And I think I also fell in love with just like being able to be a first responder because it is like nice. Like he said, a lot of people are so fearful when they're calling and especially in like right now a situation like this um it's really nice to be there for like family members because like right now with the whole pandemic like you can't have a hospital visitors so when we take people to the hospital it's so hard because a lot of people are like they don't know if their family members are going to come back so i think the way we respond to people and the way that we're there and able to make them feel comfortable it really makes a difference so i think like you said we don't get as much credit as like doctors or anything or we don't even get as much credit as like cops or like firefighters which is like so sad half of the time but i mean we're not there for that you know if we can make a difference it does mean a lot yeah, you know, and I I didn't really have an idea of what uh, EMTs did uh, until I started watching the show. And obviously, it's a dramatization. You know, it's not like completely like a fact. But I mean, like just the fact that you're emphasizing that you're there for somebody, especially when it's the beginning of you know some sort of accident or some sort of catastrophe. And I also like how you're emphasizing that you're looking at it as a strategic career move. Like, what's going to leverage me and put me in front of people by giving me an advantage? And if you're saying that, yo, being a part of this EMT uh, position and operation, that's just going to put me ahead in front of like a line of people who are going to be able to enter, like becoming, you want to be a doctor or uh, what was it again? I'm sorry. Um, I want to be a PA. You want to be a PA. So that puts you ahead of the line when you're, you know, sitting across an employee and you're like, hey, listen, this girl got her, her, her credentials, but I also have the experience of being on the fucking front lines, especially during this pandemic, right? So I think that was, uh, I think that's pretty dope. And beyond that, uh, Ms. Paola, what is your story? What was the question again? <laughs> I feel like we went like off track. <laughs> what is, uh, fuck, I forgot the question now too. Um, why did you get into uh, EMT in the first place? Oh, um, I mean, I kind of went in kind of blind, blinded because like I would hear stories from like Jessica. I don't, I think Daniel a little bit too, about like just like what they did. And it sounded really interesting. And at the time I was like, I did want to work in the medical field, but um, I'm no longer like, wanting to do that. But I definitely like, I did, like, I think like after a certain amount of time working there, like you kind of just like grow to love, like just going there and just like, you know, feeling the, like, the bell is horrible, but it's, like, an adrenaline that you get through, like, that it's, it's, like, undescribable, like, going on a call, being the first one there, like, I just think, like, that's, like, a feeling that I, like, love to feel, so, like, that's why I kind of like doing it, I don't know. Okay, so then, even if you're not looking to go further into the medical field, what would you say is a lesson that you learned um, going through EMT, because from what it sounds like, you're saying you love the fact that you get to work with people. You love the fact that you get to be in a situation that gets your heart pumping, that gets the adrenaline running, that gets you having to get up and, you know, and help out a situation. What would you say you would take away from this experience? Because I feel, and maybe you can agree to this, maybe disagree to this, that a lot of kids, especially our age, you go into school for one thing or you pick a track in life and then you end up not liking it, then you do, blah, blah, blah. blah. So what would you take away most from your EMT experience, people? What I take most, um, I think just like the fact that I really grew like a love and passion just for like helping others, and that's what I want to do with my public health degree. 
Um, whether or not which route it takes me in, I don't know yet, but I'll figure it out. But definitely like it solidified the fact that I just want to help people feel better. Like I want to be there when like they're at their worst and help them like in a way like find some comfort that I'm there with them. So I think that's like my biggest thing to do with. I will say that a lot of people at our squad have are adults and have careers not related at all to the medical field. Like we have lawyers, we have engineers, we have businessmen. Um, our vice president like works for a huge uh, corporation. He's a businessman. Um, and they just come back because they like helping out the Westfield community because, you know, that's where they grew up. And they've been volunteering for uh, decades and years and years. And they just love the community a bit. And they love hearing the feedback from the residents of Westfield. So you're saying um, you can actually just like volunteer for this shit? Like you don't have to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be like your career track, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, my partner, he's actually retired, like he's not even working, but he still does EMS. I miss him so much, like, love <laughs> art. shout out to Art, I love him. <laughs> uh, my, my partner, he's, um, he's starting to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. no, that's what's up, that's what's up. Oh, I my mean, partner's um, a teacher. <laughs> actually, there are, like, um, even, like, at my paid job, one of my supervisors, she's actually a high school teacher, so mm -hmm. she does like her regular job and then she does night shifts because we do like Westfield's a little bit different with their shifts because they cut the day shifts in half but when you do paid it's usually 12 um 12 hour shifts for the day shift and then 12 overnight and so she works her regular job and then she does like 6 p.m to 6 a.m as an overnight so definitely a lot of people don't just do like ems you do see a lot of like firefighters who also do ems on the side or like cops sometimes and that's like kind of rare but a lot of people also have like other career paths. You know, that's, that's really interesting too, because I mean, for anybody who's listening in or watching the video on YouTube, like I, I personally have always wanted to, I mean, I help people, you know, in the sense of like, you know, I run the gym and I do coaching, so on and so forth. Like I get what people is saying. I get what Danny's saying and what you're saying as far as like, you love helping people, but I never knew that like, um, it's EMS, right? Not EMT. Why am I fucking it up? It's EMT is the job in EMS. EMS is the... Like EMS stands for emergency medical services, like cops, firefighters, EMTs, mm. it's fall under that umbrella. It's an umbrella term. Okay, so within that umbrella term, like you can go ahead and volunteer. It's not like you have to become like a PA or like a doctor or like that's, yeah. you can just go ahead and sign up. It's like, it's the same thing as like firefighters. A lot of people do volunteer firefighting. So it's just pretty much... A lot. Of, some people do it for their community, like a lot of Westfield residents or like Cranford also has like um, a volunteer. So people are like, I just want to give back to my community. And so, I mean, Pale and I are actually part of membership. So a lot of that is people who just want to help out and give back. Um, but most of what we do see is like people who want to go into the medical field. Yeah, especially like the younger people start, starting yeah. to come in. Definitely for like experience that field too mm -hmm. no you know what guys like i mean i don't want to pull the trigger and be like yeah I want, like sign me up right now but it sounds fucking interesting <laughs> you know because i mean at least with me personally like if it sounds ideal to me as far as like giving back and helping out a community because i'm someone who's very active i like the adrenaline i like uh putting myself in a position where you know i'm, I'm, I'm just you know i get to be hands-on and stuff you know just go donating you know a bag of say food and supplies i actually get to be there in the field but Given that you guys have been on the field, um, this has lasted what, like seven weeks so far? The pandemic. About seven weeks. I mean, since like stay at home orders 
six, seven weeks. It was like March, yeah, mid-March. I'm tired. But like our first case was late January. Our first case in um, in the U.S. was late January. In January. Yeah. Shit. So then I think a big question that's on everyone's mind right now is, in your personal opinion, you know, uh, not as medical professional or anything like that, but in your personal opinions, when do you think this things might start to ease up a bit as far as the stay-at-home orders, as far as like things opening up and so on and so forth? I mean, the park's opening up tomorrow. Like the governor already issued that. I think because like obviously like the orders that the governor gave is obviously working. Like our cases are not doubling, tripling as they were like two, three mm -hmm. weeks ago. Um, I think it's definitely slowing down. I mean, I was having calls, like, at least COVID calls, like, like every shift, but now it's more like people are just like sick or it's not like as heavy as it was when we first went there. And also like the hospital, at least the hospital that we go to a lot, it's not as packed. It's not as busy as it was two, three weeks ago, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think like we're at the end, but like, it's only if we continue doing this, because I feel like once everything's lifted and we go back to normal, like immediately, I feel like that can still like like we can still go through it again if that makes any sense you know if i'm making it yeah sense you're right saying now. like we're starting to see progress as long as we don't fuck it up basically yeah so like i feel like we should still take the precautions like we shouldn't just like drop them and just go back to normal because we can't go back to normal after a pandemic like it's like mm -hmm. things are not going to be the same um but yeah definitely just like taking the precautions afterwards is definitely going to make sure that th we can put this pandemic behind us Okay. Danny, Jessica, what do you guys think? Um, kind of going off what Palo was saying, um, like, you know, experts said that, like, the second week of April was going to be the peak of this whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we definitely saw that um, being a first responder. I think two or three weeks ago, um, shit was bad. Like, shit was crazy. Like, we got COVID calls all, night, all, all week long. We got, like, nothing else. Like, no one was having heart attacks. No one was having anything else. It was just COVID calls. And two, three weeks ago, when you would take a COVID patient to a hospital, the, the, the hospitals were all so packed that you had to wait in the hospital with the patients out of ambulance for two, three hours until you could discharge them and then go back um, and, and you're free for, for another call. But like Pilo was saying, like the past week or so, like you definitely, you definitely, you're definitely see a, a decline in the number of calls, at least for COVID related calls, where it's like, mm -hmm. you're, you're starting to see that things are are kind of going back to normal. Um, not completely, obviously. And like Phil was saying, it's not going to go like, it's not going to like go back to normal from one day to another. It's going to be like a really gradual decrease. Um, mm -hmm. But you're definitely starting to see a difference in life, I think. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the only thing I can add really is, like they said, it has been really busy. The hospitals have also been really busy. But so I think Westfield in itself is a very, very educated um, community. So I think Westfield has always been very educated and like what to call for and what not to call for when this whole pandemic happened. I also work at North Plainfield and North Plainfield has a very populated Hispanic community and I don't want to say they're not educated but it's not as easy to like put something out and Hispanics react to it because they're not like very tech savvy or whatever like that same thing as Elizabeth really so working somewhere like North Plainfield I definitely got a lot of more calls than somewhere like Westfield and I think recently 
um, things have been getting better, but it's more, it's mostly because of education. So people know what to call for and what not to call for because half of the calls I was going on was like COVID patients, but it was like us just telling them to stay home. And I think a lot of people didn't know the difference of like, do I need to go to a hospital? Do I not need to go to a hospital? So like, as people have, or as they've been saying on TV, like you really shouldn't be going to a hospital unless you have respiratory distress. You know, in the beginning of this, we had people calling who were like, I tested positive yesterday, but they're fine. Like they didn't have any symptoms, but they were just worried because they tested positive. Like we're not gonna transport someone like that because we're risking ourselves putting them in our ambulance. And we're also risking like hospital staff, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not, essentially, you don't need to go to a hospital unless you're gonna be put on a ventilator. And I think, that message has been relayed a lot more and that's why we're not as busy. I think people are just really scared to go to a hospital as well unless they have to. So I think that has a lot to do with why we're not getting as many calls as we used to. It's just really people understanding how the virus works. And you know what? I mean, I think that what you just said, and I'm gonna paraphrase the fuck out of you because uh, my memory's not the best, but what you just said as far as you should not be going to the hospital unless you need to be connected to a ventilator. I don't think that we've heard someone like in the news or on social media or on different like news sources say it in that like exact sentence. Like I think like along social media, all you hear is social distancing and a bunch of like fear mongering and a bunch of different things and a lot of noise. But when you put it that way, like you shouldn't be going to the hospital because you're risking other essential workers and you're also risking someone else who really does need that transport. You should just stay home. And I think there's been a lot of noise. I don't know about you guys, but there's just been a lot of panic. There's been a lot of fear and a lot of mass confusion. But when you put it that way, like you just make it sound clear to me and to everyone else that's listening. It's like, yo, don't go unless you need a ventilator. Like, does that make sense as far as what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think what the news is saying a lot is that um, if you have mild symptoms and like if you can contain it, then stay home. And like you can, you can get better just staying at home rather than going to the hospital. I think what Jessica said about um, Hispanics in North Plainsfield is a really interesting point because I think most Hispanics are essential workers, so they kind of have to be in the line of action. Like my mom, she's a grocery worker, and my dad, he works in hospitals. Like they mm -hmm. kind of have to be working and ex being exposed to um, the virus compared to like residents in Westfield who might be working from home, and they're a lot safer that way. So I think that's a really, in, it just, it's just a really interesting point versus like, typically, typically more like white collar. Yeah. yeah. Typically more white collar, but like us Hispanics, so we're more like, you know, blue collar workers, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, okay. Point, actually. Yeah. No, my father, he's, uh, he works at uh like he paints condos over in New York city. And so he does painting maintenance. And so they use him as an essential work because, you know, he's got to like maintain the, the, uh, the fucking, uh, the condo, but that being said, guys, I mean, I know you guys have made a lot of sacrifices. I don't know what kind of sacrifices you guys must have made in the field and working in that. Um, do you guys mind with whatever you feel comfortable with uh, telling us what has been some of the biggest sacrifices and some of the hardest days, whether they've been co-related days or just regular days that you guys have gone through um, being a part of uh, being a part of your, uh, your field? Um, I think a big part of it is you're kind of, as you're being exposed to like the front line, you're, you become paranoid. And I think your mindset and your psyche kind of changes where, you know, like 
whenever I come home from riding at the squad, my mom's like, take off your clothes, don't touch anything before entering the house, go right to the shower. So kind of having that safety mindset of like, all right, I'm, I'm working as a first responder and I'm still living with my family, so I have to be safe and I have to stay away from everyone. I shouldn't go out. I have to be disciplined with myself, stay in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to get people you care about sick. Um, so I think you just have to take extra precautions as a first responder. So I think, in my opinion, that's one of my biggest takeaways on that. Yeah, I definitely agree with Daniel. I mean, I live with my mom and my brother, and my mom is the kind of like person who gets sick really easily. So when this whole thing started, like at first she didn't want me to go, but like at the same time, it's something that I'm so passionate about. Like obviously, I want to keep going and helping as much people as I can. But it was always that like fear that I could probably have it and not know and pass it on to her. So it was it was always something like Daniel said, like get home, like take all your clothes off, go straight to shower, like try not to like commune with your family as much even though it obviously it sucks but like it's for their safety because you never know because people can be asymptomatic and not know that they have the the virus so yeah definitely that I think um as I said it's very fearful to like feel like you could pass it on to someone else if you had it asymptomatically um but I think in general as well just mentally taking care of yourself is so important like I work Westfield and I work two shifts at Westfield, but I also have two other jobs. So at my other jobs, like there's times where I have to work a 24 hour shift. So I think there was like one time that I worked a 24 hour shift. It was like at North Plainfield and I ran like 10 calls, maybe more than that. And it's just so mentally exhausting. You're like there, but you're just constantly running. And every call is about an hour. If you get an RMA, which is like, they're not going to go to the hospital. You're kind of lucky. It's not going to be that long, but I think it's exhausting. And I think just having like being okay with yourself and like knowing you're doing something for the better is like, it's, rewarding in a way but I think with myself also in the beginning of this it was very frustrating like knowing that I was putting myself out there I was like putting in all these hours I was running so many calls and it just feels kind of rude and disrespectful when you see people who are not following social distancing who are like going out and getting other people sick because it's like we're putting ourselves on the lines for people and like we're doing all these hours and you know we still have online schooling we still have so much going on but it's our jobs and it's what we want to do. Like Phyllis said, like there's so many people at Westfield who, because it's volunteer, we gave the option of obviously if you don't want feel comfortable riding right now, you don't have to. And there's so many people mm-hmm. who did back down, but we were the few who didn't. And I think that means a lot. So for people who don't think this is serious or who don't feel like they have to follow the rules, it is really like disrespectful to us because people get to stay home while we don't. And I think you guys have made the decision to, like you were presented with the option, stay at home. You know, you don't got to ride. You can just be comfortable. You can be safe. But each and every one of you were like, no, fuck this. You know, I'm passionate about this. Uh, This is my purpose. Like, this is maybe not my purpose, you know, for the rest of my life, obviously. But at least here right now, what I can do is potentially save a life, is potentially uh, ease someone and relax them while they're in the last few moments of their life, so on and so forth. And I think that, um, in one of your video messages, I think it was uh, Paola probably, um, who was asking me about 
how during these times you can maintain like the motivation of, you know, not staying in bed, you know, not be bored out of your mind, not just like waste away throughout the day. And I think this ties into how you're talking about Jessica, as far as like putting yourself out there, right? You need a purpose. And the purpose you guys have is I'm here to help people. And if it weren't for that, then you guys would have just stayed home and you would have been like, nah, fuck it. I can get money some other way. I don't need to be putting myself out there like that. And so that leads me to ask you guys then um, individually is where, where do you guys see yourselves like in about five years from now? Scary question. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Um, well, I mean, like we were like, me and Jessica were just talking about this because uh, we actually just went to an open house for, for grad school that we, that we're interested in. Um, so um, I'll speak on my behalf. Um, I'm graduating this year. I'm taking a gap year. In that gap year, I'm going to keep working as an EMT, apply to a few other places to ride. Um, and apply to PA school, um, physician assistant school, which is typically around two to three years. Um, and then once I'm done with that, I'll start working as a PA, hopefully. Um, so that's like around four years. So I guess to answer your question, um, I see what I see myself in five years working as a PA uh, somewhere in Jersey, hopefully, and having my own place. Okay, dope, dope, dope. And why would you want to do that? Why would I want to work as a PA? Yeah, you personally. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the same answer as to why I want to become an EMT. Hmm. Where I just, I don't know. Like, I've been trying to ask, answer that myself because I know once I start applying to grad school, they're going to start asking me that exact same question. Hmm. <laughs> and and I feel like most people have the answer where like, oh, I went through something traumatic in my life, in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like my grandpa had blah blah blah. Um and I don't have that. And personally, I I always said this to myself, not really out loud, but like it's just something I, I'm really interested in and something that I find really fascinating, just like how biology and science works. And it's something that I would want to invest my future in. Because I know it's I know it's going to go somewhere someday, but like so, to have a personal, um, I guess, correlation to the job. I don't know yet. No, that's dope, man. I mean, and that's totally valid because you don't have to go through some sort of traumatic experience to justify like you going into uh, like say, you know, the, do what you want to do. Um, I didn't have any traumatic experiences going into a fucking, you know, Haven. Uh, I just did it because like you, I mean, you know, I decided to take a risk of myself, but this is what I want to do and I'm going to make it work and yada, 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 you know, here we are. Um, but it's, that's a noble thing regardless, you know, the fact that you're helping people and you're doing it in a way that's defined by you, not because someone else is forcing you, not because you're, at least from what I understand, you know, as a friend, but also as like your interviewer right now, mainly it seems to me that you're doing this because these are your terms. This is the way that you want to live and the way you want to operate. Right. Uh, right. And like at, at some extent, it's kind of a selfish reason where like, I know it's a good job. I know it's, it's good. It's, it's a great job security, um, makes good money. And it's something that I find fascinating. So that's why I'm like, it's kind of selfish. And I don't know if that's a good, a good enough answer, but that's my answer. No, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think I, um, I don't think that's a selfish answer at all because like when you're following your passion, like you got to think about the economics, you know, um, you got to think about 
how am I going to feed myself? What kind of lifestyle I want? You know, it's not just about who to help people, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Um, so I'm also going to be applying to PA school soon. I'm going to be taking um, gap year as well. So I hope to get in hospital experience versus all of the pre-hospital experience I've had. Um, but in five years, I do hope to like already have my career started and be a PA. And for me, I just, I always knew I wanted to do medicine um, because I've also always just been intrigued by science. And then going into EMS, it kind of just like solidified that for me. And I just, I've always liked to give back. Like obviously in high school, I had the humanitarian club. So it's always meant something to me to give back to the community and I think even in college, I've tried to continue that with like going back to Honduras, which is my um, home country, well, my family's home country. So Pale and I have been going, we went back to Honduras last year. We were trying to go back this summer, hopefully, um, where we've been doing brigades. So I think for me, I've seen so much poverty and I've seen so much like of people being like not getting the medical attention they need in Honduras. And it's always meant something to me to like be able to go back to my country and give back. So going into the medical field, I hope that's the way I can do it. I love it and power to you. Is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, what's up, girl? Um, <laughs> years I mean I hope in five years I have already like made my decision about which path I want to go in because there are two but I'm still deciding so hopefully after this internship um that I'm doing this summer I will like have an answer to that um but yeah no in five years I do hope to be working in the health (laughs) (laughs) you know whatever they need and stuff so Hello. Uh, You froze for like a you froze for like a second. You were saying once again that you're trying to you have two tracks, um, and you hope to make a decision within five years, right? No, well, I in five years I should have already made my decision. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this summer I'll definitely like be working on that, figuring that out. Again, going to graduate school, um, mastering in that, and then hopefully working in that. So in five years I will be a master's graduate. Five years. How's the podcast business? How's the podcast business? Um, it's it's a good way to generate some leads. It's a good way to have conversations with awesome people. Um, it's fun. It's fun. So uh, a cash cow. Hmm? You got a lot of money with this. It's not the <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and that's the end of the unsettling show. <laughs> well, uh, how much are we getting paid? Oh, you want a commission, man? I'm giving you publicity, Danny. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Like, yeah, he's giving Westfield publicity. Watch all the applications we're going to get out. <laughs> exactly. So excited. No, no, but guys, I mean, as we near the end tour of this, because a Zoom is setting a time limit because uh, it's a jerk, but whether I think a big lesson that you guys are offering to everyone listening in is that it doesn't matter where you are in your track to finding out, you know, what your career is, what, you know, how you want your life to unfold. I think that it's most important. I think that we can all agree that what matters most is that 
this is what makes sense for you. And you're making this decision not because family members are pushing you towards, not because uh, boyfriends or girlfriends or um, friends or status or whatever. And still deciding that even though this is what I want, I'm not just considering the fact that it's my passion. I love helping people, but listen, what are the economics of it? You know, am I going to make money? What kind of lifestyle do I want? Do I want to make 60, 80, 100, above, like whatever, right? But I think that people get a really big misconception that when you start to follow things that uh, align with your heart and your passion and helping people that you have to be broke while you do it. And that's not the mindset. The mindset is if I'm going to be able to take care of people, I need to take care of myself. I need to be compensated for it. And at the same time, I'm out here on the front lines supporting people and helping them uh, in some of the worst situations possible. So that being said, guys, uh, this was a dope conversation. Uh, I love talking to uh, you, Danny, to you, Jessica, uh, to you, Kayla. And I guess we had a little... What was that? I thought you were going to stop at my name. Stop at your name? (laughs) (laughs) I I shouldn't even have mentioned you when you talked about the cash cow shit. I know. Jessica and Fiola and that's it. But all right, guys, you got less than 60 seconds. I would have loved to keep on talking to you guys. But once again, Zoom is a jerk. So that is the end slaying show, guys. Thanks again. Uh, peace out and power to you. Bye. Thanks for having us, Bismarck. Yeah, I'll be seeing you guys. Yo, that was the end of the show. Hope you got lots of value and a big thank you for tuning in. And also a big thank you for giving me your precious time. Please subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to share the show with a brother who needs to hear this message. And if you're in northern slash central New Jersey and want to sign up for the Haven Warrior Challenge, text me at 908-997-0620. Finally, follow me on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash B-I-S-M-A-R-K-M-O-N-T-I-E-L. Bismarck Montiel. God bless you and power to you, my man.